Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gessman along with Jared Dubois. On today's show, we're going to be recapping the disappointing loss to DC United at RFK. Did the Galaxy deserve to walk away without a point? Then to give us his thoughts on the LA Galaxy's first four games of the season, we're going to be joined by Fox Soccer Analyst Alexi Lawless. He'll talk about what he thinks of the Vancouver Whitecaps and anything else we can throw his way. Finally, it's Vancouver versus LA as the Galaxy will travel up to BC Place and its horrible turf to take on the Whitecaps. This show is 99% about your LA Galaxy and 1% deep meditation. Corner of the Galaxy starts right now. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now here are your hosts, Josh Gessman and Jared Dubois. And welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I am Josh Gessman. He is Mr. Jared Dubois. Exciting uh, exciting time for us, at least. We're back and, and actually getting to talk about the LA Galaxy with Jared. I'm not so sure that, uh, that we should be so excited about the result in D.C. Uh, the LA Galaxy were not... Uh, how, how can we say weren't weren't that good? I mean, is that too simple? No, it's not too simple. But I also think that um, obviously, while well, you should be excited about it, I think no one should be distraught or anything like that. I mean, this is a team that was playing without three starters and um, basically its entire offense. So I, I, I think really you got to temper expectations with a game like this. Uh, DC had everything to play for full complement of players, even some guys that were uh, kind of returning um, to form and uh, they were playing at home. So I, I, I don't think that it's a necessarily a, obviously it's not a good result for LA. I'm uh, it's, I, I don't know. I didn't expect much out of this game to begin with. Uh, anytime you make that many changes, you're playing without Jaime Pinedo. Um, Brian Rowe early on was kind of suspect and then yes. turned it around. Yes. Um, not having Al, uh, not having uh, Robbie Keane and um, Giassi Zardes is a huge blow for a team that also is waiting for a big piece of its puzzle in Steven Gerrard. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not too much. Uh, I'm not too concerned with it. Um, I don't think you can take too much from it as. Um, in terms of concrete evidence of anything other than the fact that the galaxy is going to be struggling for depth once these uh, international windows come up. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, you know, they're, they're shallow right now where they were a little bit deeper whenever you had somebody like Landon Donovan and, uh, and obviously Marcelo Sarvis there whenever, uh, whenever the last year, whenever the national team even was in, in, uh, in session, Landon Donovan was still on the, uh, on the bench or, or playing for the LA Galaxy. So there wasn't a huge drop off last year that you have seen over the years. So seeing it now without Landon Donovan, without Marcelo Sarvis, you can sort of see where the LA Galaxy are thin and where they have the real difference makers and your difference makers are gone. 
um, it's going to be a not very attractive game. I thought the Galaxy overall for a game where you have to travel all the way across the uh, the United States to play and and play on play at RFK and and play away from your stadium. I thought they played okay, Jared. I mean, overall, if they would have got a zero zero result out of this game, I don't think people would have been too upset about it. You get a point. You wanted three, but y- you got a point. You know, but then to see everything fall apart in the later stages of the of the match there at the death, as they say, um, that's that's hard to take. I think it's the way they lose that uh, gives the people the most uh, heartburn. Yeah, I think uh, zero zero draw. You take that and run, uh, given the uh, uh, the setup that LA had for this game. And listen, let's not forget DC is a team that last year was uh, pretty good in this league. Uh, they're starting off the season a little bit slow. Um, Chris Pontius coming back to form. Um, you have uh, Eddie Johnson obviously missing out of this misc. Whether that, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But either way, it's a big chunk of your salary cap. So I I, I don't know. I, I think one, a couple things I'll take out of this game that I liked. If you need something to uh, silver lining to this. I think Jose Villarreal played really well. I think he had an inspired game, to be honest with you. I think um, on the ball, he was uh, trying things. Um, he was trying to create offense. Um, aside, everyone's going to remember an unfortunate uh, half volley that he couldn't put away with his left foot. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a difficult chance. It's not the easiest uh, ball to connect with. But outside of that, I think this is a guy that be going into the season, no one had on their short list of a guy that's going to have four straight starts to start the season. And to play an integral part in the team, so that's a, that's found money as far as I'm concerned, especially the way that he's playing so far. Well, I mean, if if he struggles at all to to find any offense, I mean, really, that's the only thing we're missing from Jose Villarreal at this point. He's playing, been playing that left mid role this particular time, you know, against DC with Robbie Keane and, and Zardis out. He plays up top paired with Alan Gordon, which is good because, quite honestly, whenever Jose Villarreal plays, he plays in that Robbie Keane role. He is sort of that Robbie Keane striker. So seeing him paired up next to Alan Gordon, that should have worked well. Um, it. it just it seems like it's everybody not just Jose Villarreal it's the finishing it's finding the uh the target as Robbie Keane said uh, very poignantly uh, uh at the uh at the draw with uh, the last time the Galaxy played Houston the 1-1 draws that you have to hit the target and that's something that I think the LA Galaxy have certainly struggled with whenever you realize they had 17 shots and only four of those were on target I mean this is a team that looks like they're developing enough offense Jared quite honestly but people have to start putting balls away yeah, and that includes that includes Robbie Keane. I think he's had a few chances this season that haven't gone his way either. I think um, also if you silver linings, Jossie's artist had a really good uh, game uh, over the weekend against Switzerland, and I, I think it's uh, something for him to build on as well. This is a guy that now is going to be coming back to this squad with a bit of uh, swagger in his step, a guy with some confidence building. Um, I, I think it's a very good thing for for the LA Galaxy. And um, it, as we're speaking about good things, I don't mean to just be the uh, the ray of sunshine on some people's. <laughs> cloudy day, but I think Vernon had a very good showing in this game. I really liked what I saw to him in terms of the word I think of when I watch him play is composure. Yeah, I can see it. Very well composed, especially in tight spaces. And I think that's a very good compliment for Janino. What's going to be missing still if they're both in the field is I haven't seen him do that searching ball forward. I haven't seen him play that that incisive ball between two uh, center backs to release a running striker. A lot of what he's doing right now is sideways and backwards, but um, that's kind of similar to what Juninho does. So there is maybe a little bit too much of similar kind of uh, passing going on with both of them on the field, but I also don't want to make a sweeping generalization about a guy over just one, uh, one start. 
Yeah, yeah. No, no, and I understand what you're saying there. I mean, it, 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 it's you want to start to trust some of these guys, and that's what we're looking for overall. Yes, the LA Galaxy haven't got off to the best start. Um, that's okay. I mean, they're going to have another tough test against Vancouver as they start playing. That's I think all this is okay. Again, you know, you're playing without some integral pl- pieces, and you look at somebody like... Um, let's say uh, Steven Gerrard, obviously, who's going to be coming in. I mean, that's going to be another cog to this machine, and this is going to be how um, Bruce Arena sort of creates this machine this year is to figure out how to put people in places, maybe temporarily, to get points and to actually be successful early here in the season. I mean, you can't wait to do everything once Gerrard gets here, so he's got to figure some out, some stuff out. I liked Mika. I thought he played well. Um, you know, Ishii, Ishii has been, I've been wanting more and more from Ishizaki. I mean, Husidic, I need more from there's some in that midfield that I'm not a hundred percent sold on yet and that's sort of uh where it goes before we get too far I do want to tell everybody that obviously the starting lineup if you didn't get to see it or if you just want a reminder Gordon Villarreal did start up top it was Husidic on the left uh Vernon Juninho Ishizaki and then Rogers at the at the left back role Leonardo and Omar Gonzalez in the center and then AJ De La Garza returns to the uh starting lineup out there on the right hand side although it certainly didn't end that way uh, with Brian Rowe in goal. So um, the the sort of big things to take away from this, Jared, I think one of the first things we have to look at is obviously the Leonardo injury that, that sort of has taken what was probably our best defender so far this year and maybe as the, the later games of last year um, and has sidelined him now. Yeah, I'm not sure. Have you seen an update on the amount of time he'll be out this season so far? No, they don't. I think Bruce is playing it close to the vest right now, but he said that he wouldn't be available for Vancouver, and he made the comment that uh, he wouldn't be available for Vancouver, and it, you know, no, who would want to play on that turf anyway if you have a leg injury? And I think that he wasn't going to play anyway, so I'm not quite sure that that really matters all that much, but Bruce likes to get the dig. So don't expect Leonardo to be back there, but AJ De La Garza came back into the center, and then Dan Gargan came out on the right. I mean, it wasn't the end of the world, um, but it's just disappointing to see Leonardo, who really has almost won a lot of people over. Um, almost, he has. I, and he, for, for my money, and like, I, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy. guy that that never, ever I hated him. was in any kind of camp for, for Leonardo, but I, I think that the guy has acquitted himself very well, and I'm just worried for a guy that's already had, what, two knee injuries in, in his past, has been injury prone a bit, yep. um, to see him going down again, it's, it's unfortunate for a guy that was really riding a large wave of confidence right now. Am I nervous because we have with AJ De La Garza in the back? Nope. Nope. But I think it did allow Bruce Arena to do a lot of matchmaking. Right. That now is he's going to be a little bit hampered by that because now before you had options and options are good. You know, do you want to go with a twin tower kind of setup and make a team beat you on the ground, uh, or do you want to do a um, a big man, little man, master blaster kind of thing with AJ De La Garza or Omar Gonzalez? Now you're kind of forced into being into one of those positions. And also who's your late game defensive sub along that back four now? Yeah, it's sort of, it, it does throw that particular depth where you felt like you were real deep all of a sudden. Now you feel like you're a little bit uh, less in that position. And you're right. There is no sort of uh, Todd Dunovitz struggled a little bit when he's had late game substitution roles. Yeah. And I don't know that that's, you know, necessarily the answer. And uh, you know, is Robbie Rogers eventually going to make a return to that left mid role? And are you going to start Todd Dunovitz at the left back? I don't think it's coming to that, but some people certainly are calling for that no, because why would you do that when Jose Villarreal is playing so well? I agree. I agree. Yeah, there's no reason to take Jose Villarreal off of the uh, off of this line. 
lineup. And and if Bruce was going That's to tinkering move, for tinkering's sake, if, in my well, mind, well, if Bruce was going to do that, the the time to do it really would have been against DC when there was nobody up top and Jose had to go up top with Alan Gordon. You could have slid mm-hmm. Rogers into that. I don't, listen. I know some people are advocating that Robbie Rogers and his experiment at left back is over, but I I I, I think that perhaps you're. You're what? Just, you're, Based yes. on what? Yes. I, well, people are saying, well, that it was Robbie Rogers' fault that they scored First that First of all, goal. these aren't people. These are like, I, I don't uh, know. These are trolls. These are tro- They could be. They could be. Maybe, they, maybe all they do is, uh, is, is come after me. I will tell you this. There is a stat, though, Jared, that actually backs up the LA Galaxy's success since Robbie Rogers made the switch to left back, which was against Chivas USA on June 8th of last year. The LA Galaxy are 13, 4, and 9 in all MLS competitions in which he appeared. Let me give a stat for these people. Yes. The Galaxy is back-to-back champions with him playing left back. Well, well, yeah, well, not back-to-back, but they have they have one. He didn't play left back. Robbie Rogers, he played was left he back on the last team? year. Last year he was. Was he on the team? Yes, yes, he was. Okay. On. Okay. I listen, I'm just saying is that he is something I I I think people want to play those kind of those those stats up a lot sometimes. Right. And honestly, I still think that's a decent record. It's not a losing record. It's a good record. It's only four losses. Yeah, so I don't so, understand why that stat I, is a negative. No, it's not a negative. That, I think that stat's a positive. I was putting okay, I it out there as a positive. people were using this as a stat for why not to, to play him. No, no, no. I was putting it out there as a positive, as in you're saying that he's washed up and he's done, or that this experiment has gone horribly wrong, and... 13, 4, 9, that's not an argument at all to say that he's actually what you're saying. So you and I are yeah, on the same I, I don't team. understand where people base anything negative. Listen, because Robert Rogers had one he, bad play at he, the end of a game recently. You could, Outside of that, I don't think he's had any problems. All right. So, you know, I say that people are calling in and doing this. So let is, let's go to one of our calls about this game. Remember, you can call the COG hotline anytime you want. 949-385-2641. 949-385-COG1. Put it in your phone. Call after games. People are starting to do it. You guys are getting on a pretty good habit. I'll keep reminding you. But let's go to Scott in Sacramento, who has a longer call, but wants to talk a little bit about Robbie Rogers here as well. So let's, let's listen to Scott. Hey guys, this is uh, Scott in Sacramento. I'm calling after the DC United LA Galaxy game. I just had a few comments about the game that I'd like to, uh, you guys to quickly comment on if you could. Uh, first of all, I'd say I, I really like listening to the uh, podcast and, uh, you know, I appreciate your guys' galaxy passion. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, the regular season games, I think at this point in the season with the MLS structure are fairly meaningless. So it's nothing to get too disturbed about, you know, talking that it was two points that we should have got with the pie. Even with the supporter shield, there's such parity in the league that, you know, nothing's critical at this point or necessary necessarily. Uh, also, would I just like to say that without Keen, and certainly without Lampard here yet, we're just an average MLS team. You know, we're, we have little to separate us, I believe, from the rest of the league, even though we're supposed to be, you know, the great galaxy, you know, jewel of the league type team. And even Omar Gonzalez, I mean, we, DPs are supposed to separate us from the rest of the league. And Omar Gonzalez, well, he's a great defender for, at an MLS level. He is not a separator. And, you know, I think that we really wasted a uh, DP there. I mean, I would have, I would like to have seen us use that third DP on a real world-class quality player. And lastly, uh, Robbie Rogers, I think at this point, I think we can start to say that he is a defensive liability. I mean, and unfortunately as well, his, off, his forays into the offensive end rarely produce anything. 
All right, so that, that's it. That was, we'll, we'll cut Scott's call a little bit short there, but I wanted to sort of uh, get that call in because I think he raises some points that people are talking about, Jared. I'm not saying he's correct. I'm saying he's talking about one of the things that he, he obviously he continues on the Robbie Rogers. He says he's a defensive liability and he doesn't do much going forward. What do you expect from Robbie Rogers whenever he plays that left back role, Jared? I expect him to defend soundly and get involved in the, in the attack. And listen, just because I don't know how one measures Robbie Rogers contribution to the offense. If you want to be lazy about it and say, the guy doesn't have assists. Okay. Yeah. But also galaxy doesn't have any goals this season. It doesn't mean he hasn't created chances, right? It doesn't mean he hasn't gotten to dangerous positions. It doesn't mean he hasn't flown down that sideline numerous times making runs that open up uh, spaces for other players. You have to watch these games and make these judgments. Every time that guy makes an overlapping run and goes corner flag to corner flag, he's taking a defender with him. He's opening up space for other players. You can't measure that in a box score. And I think to to that point, he's making intelligent runs and he's been picking his, his times to go forward. And I don't, I don't remember him being a defensive liability. I, yeah, he's had some problems. He's had some problems earlier this year and he's even admitted it. I mean, he thinks that he's struggled as well, that he hasn't been as sharp as he has been. And and he's gotten by that rationale is Dan Gargan defensive liability because Chris Pontius beat him to a a game winning goal. You know, for, for Dan Gargan's, uh, you know, in Dan Gargan's defense, if, if Pontius doesn't head that into the goal, there's probably a penalty called because Gargan is literally draped all over him. No, Pontius um, did a fantastic oh, job on that was, goal. It was great. That, he so has a, that's a clear-cut example of a player wanting it more. Well, here, let's go ahead. I'm going to play the audio. This is audio courtesy of Time Warner Cable Sportsnet. This is Kobe Jones and Joe Totino on the call. Here is that last-minute heartbreak of a goal. Arno. Less than a minute to go on this one. De Leon keeping it alive. Plays it back across the sixth. The header. one gets on top one to nothing all right there you go and uh kobe jones joe Chitino on the call once again from time Warner cable sports and i thank you for uh, allowing us to use that so there is the uh the heartbreak of a goal there jared um you know uh de leon played that really well i mean there's some skill involved in beating robbie rogers at that on that edge there i mean you can't say that it wasn't and i think kobe jones says after that that nobody was aggressive enough jared and i think that if anything maybe rogers was too aggressive going after the ball but de leon was Played a good, a, a good ball there. I mean, you can't. I had you can't. a great bit of skill. He sombreroed a guy. I mean, what's Robbie's Rogers supposed to be? Be five inches taller? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, listen, could he be in maybe a better defensive position? Maybe. But also that we were discounting the fact that Nick DeLeon had a fantastic play on the ball. I mean, there's certain things other players are going to do that sometimes defenders are not going to be able to recover from. I'm not trying to make excuses for Robbie Rogers, but let's not just swing the pendulum wildly from side to side every time someone has a bad play. Yeah, and I, and I agree. Here, I want to get to another call before we run out of time here. This is uh, another Scott, different Scott, calls in and had this question. Josh! This is your best friend, Scott, calling from the 101 freeway, hands-free. Uh, there's a lot of concrete around here. Not a very, very pretty place. Not as pretty as the Step Up Center. Anyways, I just wanted to ask quickly, why was Janino given the armband over our designated player, Omar Gonzalez? Bye, Josh. 
there you go. That was Scott with the uh, play-by-play of the one-on-one freeway there, by the way, which I always enjoy. That was. Uh, I, don't know. I, I don't know that designated, that designated player necessarily means that you're a leader. It just means that I, it can I, mean a number of different things. For some players, designated player, if being a designated player, means that you're bringing in a leader. Mm-hmm. And for your guys, you're bringing in skill. In Omar's case, I'm not sure what, why we did it. Say, which one of those is he? Is he a leader or is he no, a that's, skill that's player? Right. You're not going to find me de- 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 defending Omar Gonzalez as a designated player signing. It's, is he a good defender in this league? Sure. Yes. If I like these fact he's in the middle of the back for Galaxy, absolutely. Do I like the paycheck that he gets for it? Not no, so much. No, I don't like. I don't mind the paycheck. It's the fact that he takes up a designated player spot with that paycheck. That's really uh, my shoe. You and I have been on the same side of this for a while. Ever since they signed Omar Gonzalez, I said that um, you know it was a position that uh, that I wouldn't have put Omar in. Quite honestly, and. I, you need to see more from him if he's going to be that designated player. He sort of needs to be that difference maker. I just don't know if it's there anymore, Jared. I don't for know. For my if, money, yeah. Robbie Keane's not present. If he was starting, or um, I would say if he was starting regularly, uh-huh. AJ Delagarza is my backup captain on this team. I have I have no problems in this particular case. I probably think that because it was his first game back, maybe that doesn't happen. I I think it says something. I don't think it says anything that much that Juninho got it. Although I think that they want to make him more of a leader, but he's a young kid. I don't think it's a bad decision to put no, Juninho in there. No, but I, I just think in terms of leadership on the field, when I look at AJ Delegars, I'm like, that's the guy I'm going to follow into battle. It makes sense. I I understand, and and there's there's the heart thing. I mean, AJ is the heart of the team right now, especially with Marcelo gone. Um, you're you're looking for that from AJ Delgarza. I think it speaks more to the fact that Omar wasn't a captain in this particular sense because I, let's I think, let, let's find a range here for yes. captain's armband. Yes. Okay. Yes. Better captain, uh, let's say Juninho or Omar Gonzalez. Uh, Juninho. Juninho or Baju Husidic. Uh, Juninho. Juninho or Alan Gordon? Ooh. Juninho right now. Juninho or Robbie Rogers? Juninho. Juninho or AJ De La Garza? That's where you lose it, right? Okay. So there's basically every guy on the field mm-hmm. except one maybe makes you think that's not the right choice. So I can't really question Bruce Arena. No. Because that I'm means not... out of out of the entire roster of guys that were available to him, there's a coin flip between two guys. Yeah, okay. You're, I'm okay. If with Todd Dunvant's on the field, is Todd Dunvant the captain? Oh, because he hasn't been playing that much lately. I think that would be difficult. But is it but, about playtime or is or it about, about leadership? leadership? If it's about leadership, Todd Dunvant is one of my captains. I, I think okay. AJ Delgarzo is one of my captains. I think Juninho can be one of your captains as well. Just for fun, Juninho or Edson Buttle? <laughs> Juninho. Right okay, now. Just, okay. sure. just, just checking. Yeah. No problems. All right. What we're going to do, uh, let's go ahead and take a break, Jared. Uh, we'll go ahead and. and, and uh, just reset here because I want to talk to Alexi Lawless coming up next. So he's going to join me to talk a little bit about uh, the LA Galaxy over the first four games as well as the Vancouver game coming up. So he'll start us to lead us into that Vancouver game. And whenever we get back from that, it'll be you and I talking about Vancouver. So still a bunch to get to. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com.
ready for some more Corner of the Galaxy? Don't forget to head over to the website for all the latest podcasts, news, and more. Visit us online at cornerofthegalaxy.com. Recording from COG Studios and not their mom's basement, it's Corner of the Galaxy. Welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Once again, I'm Josh Guessman. Uh, Jared's going to take this segment off, so a great segue between wrapping up DC United game and looking ahead to the away game versus Vancouver as a man who's more than qualified to speak about all the teams involved. I didn't just say so, Fox Soccer says so. So please welcome back to the show, former LA Galaxy player and general manager, former general manager, I should say, as well as current Fox Soccer analyst, Mr. Alexi Lawless. Alexi, thanks for stopping by again. My pleasure. Yeah, nope. How are we doing? Good. I should also point out that the music that we had to intro you in is your own music there, A Thousand Years from uh, Infinity Spaces, and you can go on iTunes and download that and put uh, more money into Alexi Lawless's pocket, like, what, 10 cents at a time? There you go. Every little bit helps. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> no problems. But no, it is. I, I, I'm not lying when I say this. I actually run to that album. I think you and I have actually had this discussion before, but I run to that album, so I'm, I'm very familiar with it, and I own it, so other people should own it Aww. as well. You, you and my mom. That's wonderful. That, that, now you know all the people who listen to my podcast. So, so now we're, there we go. All right. So uh, let's talk about this LA Galaxy team. Obviously, Jared and I just got done talking about the DC United game, but I sort of want to get your perspective of the first four games for the LA Galaxy, a struggle uh, to say the least. What are your thoughts on the LA Galaxy four games in? Uh Struggle may be a little much. Um, I think that there are, look, this, we all knew that this was going to be a, not a rebuilding year, but a um, uh, a year when there were going to be some some interesting challenges, and I think actually some challenges that that Bruce Arena and his staff and probably players welcome. Um, mm-hmm. Anytime you lose a guy like uh, Landon Donovan, you're going to have to adjust in how you play. Um, you have uh, a, a situation, obviously, over the last week where you have international uh, players, which on the one hand, it's wonderful to have them because it's a, it's a great statement on the type of quality you have, but then you lose them and you have to play a game. You go to D.C., which probably should have ended ultimately uh, 0-0, and you, right. and you drop those points there that you thought you at least had one in the bag. Uh, Villarreal, and, and where does he fit in, and, and how does he provide a consistency uh, in this lineup, obviously we've seen him in the midfield. We've seen him up top, and, and I think he's more comfortable up top. But there's uh, a logjam of players up there. So all these questions are, are things that uh, uh, that Bruce Arena has to has to figure out. But look, if there's anybody that can figure them out, and anybody has a track record of, of figuring these things out and doing subtle things throughout the season to get a team uh, where it needs to be, uh, it's certainly it's certainly Bruce Arena. So I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't count him or the LA Galaxy out at, at all right now, despite some points that have been dropped. I, I was going to say, despite some points that have been dropped, and obviously early in the season and any time for the LA Galaxy, it's early in the season. You can't necessarily say that uh, that's how it's going to end up because Bruce Arena knows you get in the playoffs and you win MLS Cups. That's sort of his way of doing it. But there has been some play that's been sort of questionable from a couple different players. Um, I'd like to know your thoughts on on Robbie Rogers. A lot of people are already jumping off the Robbie Rogers at left back ba- bandwagon, which I think is <laughs> ridiculous. But um, nonetheless, what, what are your thoughts on Robbie's play so far? Uh, well, let's see. Um, I, I don't think it is. I, I don't think it's a situation where there has to be panic. Um, but I also think that you know maybe as when he got into that groove, uh, maybe it was an unrealistic high uh, last year. And, and yes, you ride it because you, you want to ride it. But maybe he he is still trying to figure out that position. And look, 
the the left back position, right back position, anywhere in the back is a nuanced type of position and how you go about it, especially for a guy that, let's face it, he's made the transition, but he is still figuring it out. Right. And it's those, it's those individual moments. It's those one-on-one type of moments that at times he's good and at times he doesn't. And we all know that goals happen because of individual mistakes. And the, uh, you could play 99.9% of the game great, and you make that one mistake, and things can happen. We know he got beat down in the corner in uh, uh, in D.C. with a, right. actually a, a, a beautiful play. Yes. Uh, but you can go back with a fine-tooth cone and say, well, you should have done this or you should have done that. But I still think that, that he's a that he's a good left back. Is he the best left back ever? I, I don't think so, but like, he's going to get better. and he's, those, those mistakes are going to become fewer and far between as you, as you go forward. But he's also functioning in, as I said before, a team that, that is adjusting and, and, and changing, if you will, to uh, the, the new reality that is the Los Angeles Galaxy without, uh, without Landon. Yeah, and it is a different uh, sort of reality, and and everybody seems to sort of be playing that adjustment game. Um, I wanted that you talked about individual mistakes or individual individual defending. Um, that leads me to Omar Gonzalez and sort of his plateau and and where we see him in the future. And you know, what did the LA Galaxy do whenever they made him a designated player? Did the, did they waste a spot? I know those are a lot of questions, but it's all questions yeah. that have sort of been raised. Uh, especially as of late, and it's what happens whenever the galaxies start a little slower. So, so what are your thoughts on that? Well, they do, and it's all uh, obviously in the context of the national team, and, and if and when he gets back to it, and how he fits in. We know that that Beasley Omar Gonzalez combination uh, looks to be on the back burner right now. If mm-hmm. you if you judge it by what Jurgen Klinsmann is doing, however, the summer's going to come, and he and and whether it's him and Matt or just him or whoever. Uh, will certainly be back, I think, in the mix. But I think for the Galaxy's sake and for Omar's sake, he has got to, for lack of a better phrase, uh, take take another step. Uh, he's been given the money. He's been given the distinction uh, in terms of the designated player uh, title. Uh, and he's performed. Don't, uh, don't get me wrong. But is there a complacency that has crept into uh, the game? And not even one that that necessarily can can be avoided because the galaxy has been good and has been good for so long that there's almost a, a routine of right. of how you play and when you are thrown out of it sometimes you've been doing it so long that you have a hard time uh, adjusting to it. I, I, I'm going to be interested to see this year how Omar uh, adjusts the galaxy uh, and if and when he gets back with the national team how how he looks there because um, he still I think I, I think that he can do much more mm-hmm. and I and I. I want to see him do much more. And not just the designated player money thing, just because I think he's a really good player, but it's those moments again. You know, we saw him uh, lose a, uh, a header the, the other day a couple of times, right. and, um, you know, that's, that's his bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And, and actually the Galaxy as a whole, they're defending on wide crosses and, and not even awesome crosses, but just mundane type of crossing uh, has been suspect, and they got to get that together. And Omar Gonzalez has been a focal point in there and has been able to clear everything and anything that's come in there for so long that maybe it's just that much more glaring when he doesn't do it. Is this all sort of a, a temporary fix as we work towards Steven Gerrard arriving? I mean, is there going to have to be – are we making too much about adjustments that need to be made now when you know adjustments are coming down the road? Or or is how the LA Galaxy play now really going to be about how Steven Gerrard comes in and, and fits in with the Galaxy whenever he gets here? 
Well, I think this could be one of Bruce Arena's the potentially finest coaching moments if he is able to traverse this thing and to, and to figure out how mid-season to fit in Steven Gerrard and, and, and from a tactical perspective. And I talked to him, and he said he's not even thinking about it. He's thinking about it. Of don't, course he is. Yeah. Don't, don't worry. He's thinking about it because it is going to be a very subtle and, and delicate type of maneuver to fit him in because it can affect everybody in there in terms of how Janino plays. I know uh, Varanen's come on now and, and has played at times well and how does he fit? And there's going to be this musical chairs thing where the music's going to stop. And we know that Steven Gerrard, he's not even going to have to go around. He's just already sitting in a chair because right. uh, he's going to be out there. But how does he fit in and the adjustment and how quick that adjustment is, is going to dictate how fast this team can get back on course. And that, that second half push that we always associate with Bruce Serena is now going to be contingent on him making sure that that adjustment happens quickly. Because if they are in a hole, and we've seen him dig out of a hole before in the second half and ramp up to the playoffs, um, with, with Steven Gerrard coming in, they're going to have to figure out how to adjust very, very quickly and where he's going to fit in from a, from a tactical perspective because we all know he's going to play. Yeah, he is going to play. He is going to come in. Um, I want to shift our focus now to Vancouver. Vancouver's won three straight games. The LA Galaxy will travel up to BC Place to play on the wonderful turf up there um, on Saturday at 7 p.m. Um, we'll, we'll have more of that game later, but I want to talk to you about this game. Vancouver, winners of three straight, and they've tied their franchise record for the most wins in a row by their particular franchise with three straight. Um, what do you make of them so far? Quick start, um, lost their first game, come back with three wins in a row, uh, a, a sort of... Um, I don't. I wouldn't say a lucky, but it was a uh, it was a good result for them at home beating Portland. But it was also at the death, so you know, not just LA Galaxy fans getting beat up at uh, in stoppage time here. But uh, what what do, you, what do you make of Vancouver so far? Uh, I like them. Uh, I I was, who was I was I was fighting with somebody on Twitter the other day about um, whether they're for real or not, and I said I was going to reserve my judgment until they played a Western team, and obviously they not only played but beat. Uh, Portland uh, the other day, and right. so I, I think they are legit. I think they are feeling confident. You guys, you know, you got your guys like uh, uh, like uh, Rivero and and those types of players, Morales and and, and obviously Lava and, and these types of players. And I think in the back that they're solid uh, with guys that understand the league. Uh, Waston, I think, was was a really good signing when he came in mm-hmm. uh, last year, and and, uh, uh, and David Ousted is uh, is doing, doing great things. Yeah. So all over the place, you can point to guys that. I mean, they're not, uh, they're not just incredible stars, but I think that that team feels something right now. And we're not necessarily talking about the speed demons that in the past we've always associated uh, with Vancouver. So they, I think they've added some, um, some nuance to their game, and they've added some uh, ability not just to rely uh, on speed. Now, when there are opportunities, absolutely. I mean, we saw... What do we see? I think we, they were playing Toronto, um, and even though even though Toronto beat them there, they were able to capitalize when they were with a high line. And so for for the Galaxy, I think it's really really important to recognize, especially since the Galaxy isn't the fastest when it comes to that back line, that right. if they open up space, they will take advantage of it. But um, this isn't a situation where the Galaxy is coming in and, and are underdogs, um, and this that's just probably more of a reflection of who the Galaxy is and the parity that already already exists. But certainly a team that's playing with a lot of confidence. 
Yeah, and, and the LA Galaxy maybe not with so much confidence, although Robbie Keane, Jassy's artists are going to be back with the uh, with the um, senior team here as they both went away for national team duty. duty and uh, Jaime Pinedo will be back in goal. So, I mean, the Galaxy getting some of that back. But with Robbie Keane and Jassy's artists, without somebody like Landon Donovan uh, playing the, the that playmaker-creator role and also scoring some goals, do, do Zardes and Keane provide enough firepower right now for the LA Galaxy, or does somebody else sort of have to find and, and step up? Well, never underestimate the, how, the, the difference and the difference of value between having two game changers compared to three game changers. Mm-hmm. And that's really what the situation is right now. Who is going to be that third game changer? Because uh, we all know that Jossie broke in, and I consider him one of those three last year, and it was that, uh, that trident that uh, time and time again, if one guy wasn't doing somebody, something somebody else would pick up. And when it's two different people, which it is kind of right now, um, it's equal. obviously it's much easier to defend. Right. And once you add that third component that consistently is providing a threat, now you're talking. Now you got something. And that's where the Galaxy really started to, to, to cook last year. And they don't have that yet. And somebody has got, has got to step up. I'm not sure they have that yet. Yes, when Steven Gerrard gets here, maybe that, that comes into play. Um, but when I look around, it's all very good quality players and guys that understand the league but no one that's going to step up and be a game changer on a consistent basis in the way that those three were last year. Well, Alexi, you're off to uh, Kansas City, I think you told me, for the Kansas City-Philadelphia game? Soccer Sunday, yep, uh, on Fox Sports 1. Uh, so we are the second game after the ESPN game. Then it comes to Fox every Sunday, two games in a row. Destination viewing, 5 p.m. for the ESPN game uh, on ESPN 2, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, and then 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern on uh, Fox Sports 1. And our game this week is, I'm going to Kansas City, so Sporting KC against the Philadelphia Union. The Philadelphia Union are struggling right now. And Sporting KC uh, right now, uh, the leading goal scorer for Sporting KC is one Ike Opara. If you can believe it. So Dom Dwyer needs to get on the board right now because he's letting a center back lead the team and score. Well, I'm glad you remembered all that stuff and instead of having me to remember. But of course, I'll be watching because I love the fact that ESPN and Fox have sort of teamed up for this Soccer Sunday thing. And I know when it's going to be on. So then I will be there and make sure that I don't have anything else planned. So I love that. Alexi, as always, we certainly want to thank you for stopping by. And, and you're more than welcome to stop by anytime you want. You know that. Thank you so much for, uh, for bringing me on, for listening to my music, and obviously for uh, supporting the game. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, that's Alexi Lawless, Fox Soccer Analyst. Again, he gave you all the information on where you can find him. And, of course, another Alexi Lawless song. This is Giving Time off of Infinity Spaces. Go to iTunes, download it. Remember, that's how we do this. I get music. I ask for it. People have provided it, so now you have to go out and buy it. Otherwise, they won't provide it anymore. So... Please get out there and do that. Whenever I get back, Jared's going to join me again. We're going to be talking LA Galaxy news and, of course, the the Vancouver game. uh, LA Galaxy versus Vancouver on Saturday. So a bunch more still to talk about. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll be right back.
recording deep within Landon Donovan's secret Cambodian lair, it's Corner of the Galaxy. And welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh Gessman, Mr. Jared DeBaugh, obviously want to thank Alexi for uh, stopping by talking to me there. Always a good time talking to Mr. Alexi Lawless. But now, of course, it's time to get you updated on your did, LA. Did he actually stop by? Well, like he called. Did he come to the Corner of the Galaxy studios? No, no, but that's always an open invitation if he wants to get it, have that happen. I keep anybody. What would up. you have to do inside the Corner of the Galaxy studios before Alexi Lawless arrived? What's on his rider? What's yeah? I was gonna say it's uh, a bunch of green M and M's. Um, that's that's like Slurpees. standard, right? Yeah. So, oh, definitely Slurpees. Yeah, there would probably have to be two different flavors. I'm not sure which one is his favorite, so we'd have to figure that out. A guitar tune to drop D. <laughs> something, something of that. Definitely a, a, a guitar plugged into the uh, into the amp, ready to go in the stand next to him. Um, but seriously, I did see you. You didn't even get to hear the interview, but um, I did get to play some of his music for his intro and his outro as well. So we're plugging the full wait, Lexi wait, Lawless. Was, was that by? Did, did he have knowledge of that ahead of time? He did. He or did you just bring yes, it on? No, him? no, no. I asked him before I did it. He said it was okay. So, so we had a little a thousand years. Are we talking and, like old school? No, no. This is this is the new school. The, the new school. The Infinity Spaces album. That you know, came when out. it comes to Lexi Lawless, I kind of feel like uh, the, You're the a same hipster? way I feel about the Eagles. Play the hits, baby. Play the hits. Some of that stuff is some of his new stuff. I actually, I swear, to, everybody's going to think I'm full of it. Wait, 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 hold on. Listen, Before you endorse, yes, yes Lexi Lawless, Lawless musically. Yes. Do you know if he wants to be associated with your musical I, taste? I already he 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 knows me well enough to know that I have horrible taste in music, and I think he appreciates that about me. That my musical okay. So taste I'm just saying, I'm yes. a grain of salt here. Yes, yes. So Infinity Spaces, I own it. I, I've told you that before. You should go out and get it as well. That's what we do whenever we have artists, whether it's Alexi Lawless or Back Pocket Memory or Drop City Yacht Club, any of these guys, you got to go on iTunes. You got to download the music. I've already said it once. I'll say it again. Do do it, please. Get out there, download it, because otherwise they won't let us use their music anymore. That's how it works. All right. This mm. is advertising 101 type thing. We're putting it out there. You download it. You tell us how much you like it. Um, or, or, you know, maybe if you have some suggestions for music that we could also use that you have connections with because we have to get or them to Or how about free. this? Why don't you send the Corner of the Galaxy Twitter feed? A picture of you wearing a jersey at one of these band's shows. I'm going to do that. I back pocket. Not you. I mean, as listener. Oh, I know. I want to do that. Screw that. I'm going to the shows. You, that's crazy talk. Whatever. I want to go to the shows first. That sounds like more fun. All right, I gotta anyway, find out when Lexi Loss is playing live. Then next time, whenever Rat comes out of retirement. So yes. That's exactly when it's going to happen. LA Galaxy team news. The LA Galaxy 2 fell 3-2 to to Sacramento Republic. Goals by Travis Bowen and uh, Daniel Starris uh, went, unfortunately, wasted. Um, just like earlier in the day with the LA Galaxy dying at the death or, or losing at the death to uh, DC United, um, LA Galaxy 2 fell at death to uh, Sacramento Republic. It was a great time being there for both of, or, or watching the DC game on TV and then going up to uh, the track and field center, StubHub Center, to watch uh, LA Galaxy 2 lose. So it was the LA, LA Galaxy 2 team that uh, featured Landon Donovan in the audience. He was there. I talked to him very, very briefly. Said hi. That was that was about it. I think uh, Landon is enjoying his retirement. So if you saw the guy in the hoodie out there, that was Landon. He was hiding, um, but he was there. I'm stoked to see Sacramento Republic join MLS. I think that's a, a fantastic addition to MLS. I think they're a team doing all the right stuff up there. Yes. And uh, obviously Precky is just entertainment at all times. Yes, and I don't think that uh, Coach uh, Kurt Anolfo there for the LA Galaxy 2 and, and Precky, I don't think they like each other very much. And I don't think Sacramento I don't think there's and many LA people that get like along it. with Precky, to be honest. I was going to say, that's probably the case. And I think they played together, or either he coached him at the Kansas City Wizards, or they played together there. I can't recall. Actually, actually, I think Anolfo only played for D.C., so that might not be accurate. But he may have coached there while Precky was there. I'm not positive about the 
timeline on that. I, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, the two teams don't like each other. Um, quite honestly, it was a game that saw Sacramento Republic get two penalty kicks, um, which harkens it back to the USL playoffs last year where, where Sacramento Republic was gifted two penalty kicks and ended up beating the uh, LA Galaxy 2 in those playoffs after the Galaxy were up. Um, in this particular case, the Galaxy were up one nothing, gave up two penalty kicks in pretty rapid succession, about 10 or 12 minutes apart, I think, and then um, ended up scoring in the second half to level it at two. And then, like I said, in stoppage time, Sacramento went ahead and uh, and won that game. So uh, They did not overlap. Kapreki left two years before Kurnuffo managed to Kansas City Wizards. So close. So, see, they probably don't like each other for completely different reasons. So, we'll see. But how uh, they coached against each other. Chivas USA, one was uh, coaching Chivas USA while Kurnuffo was coaching uh, Kansas City Wizards. It's a the soccer community is a small and stestuous community. Whenever you're talking about coaches and players and everything like that, they all know each other and they all know whether they By the like way, that speaking person. of that, let's make yes. it Galaxy related. How is TFC's defense so bad with Robin Frazier and Greg Vanny running it? I have no idea. It is bad, though. I mean, that's the one thing. You can say that that offense there and, and what they're, they may be able to outscore people and they'll be able to do a lot of things to people, but that defense is horrible. It's not good. And by the way, when the Tarasi comes to town, you uh, Galaxy fans better applaud those two guys when they come on the field. I'll, I'll re- we'll remind everybody before it happens. All right, onward with LA Galaxy news. LA Galaxy goalkeeper Brian Perk underwent successful ankle surgery. He had a left he, uh, on his left ankle after dislocating and fracturing it. Ouch. That doesn't seem that's not good for Perky. That's a bad two birds. Yeah, that's still. that's that's not good. But in his place, because he's done for the rest of the year, Brian Perk is done for the rest of the year. LA Galaxy did sign goalkeeper Trey Mitchell uh, from Cal State Dominguez Hills, so a local kid there, twenty three years old, six foot two, one hundred and ninety five pounds. There you go. There's your new uh, new third keeper for the LA Galaxy there, which is which is interesting. They went directly to Cal State Dominguez Hills. They probably already had their eye in the sky. Perky goes down. They they bring in uh, they bring in this new guy. So I, hey, I listen. Seen. The known quantity to him. I mean, this kind of goes back to the very large amount of success LA Galaxy has had from sourcing UCLA players over its history. Um, you, you look at the guys in your backyard and um, you pluck the ones out that you feel are, are the best. So um, yeah, I totally believe in the fact that they've seen this guy play and um, I'm, I'm sure they got him on the cheap coming out of Cal State Dominguez Hill. So yeah. um, more power to him. Hope he, hope he turns out well. Yeah, at six foot two too, as well. He's not a small keeper. I've been complaining about small keepers. So six foot two is good. We'll, we'll, we'll start there. That's that Please, works. What's your thing with small keepers? I don't like small keepers. You at least have to try. Come on. I mean, what, you're try gonna, to grow. Y- yes. No, try. You at least have to try to find somebody with size in there. A goalkeeper with size is, te- is usually what you want. Nick Ramondo is a freak would of you, nature. Would you rather have Donovan Ricketts or Nick Ramondo? Uh, right now, at this particular moment, you want Nick Ramondo. That's not. But whenever they what, whenever what Ricketts. Time did you not Donovan want that? Ricketts was really good whenever he came to the Galaxy in 2009. He was not right? good here. No, he was good. He was That's okay ridiculous. in rate, front of a better defense. Rate the goalkeepers with Donovan Ricketts. I, I don't want you to go back too far because I want this to be a current one. But look at Donovan Ricketts, Josh Saunders. Saunders is ahead of Ricketts. Jaime Pinedo. Pinedo's ahead of Ricketts. Okay, no, you're on drugs. Get out. No way. No, I I don't believe this. Donovan Ricketts, I don't need a keeper that's going to fall down and act like he's hurt every time he touches the ball. Donovan Ricketts played absolutely wonderful for the LA Galaxy whenever he was here. You have a very selective And Josh Saunders is probably second to that, and then Jaime Pinedo. Those are my three in that order. Donovan Ricketts at the top. All right, good. I'm glad we got off on that little sidetrack. You want me to go all all time? I'll go back in the No, I see. I don't want to go back to, I don't want to go back to, like, you know, Kevin Hartman and, and where you get to all these other, like, like historic guys who you know are keepers for the LA yeah, Galaxy. Jorge Campos. Jorge Campos. Oh, I, that's fine. I, I, that's ridiculous. Come on. 
So, Jorge Con- not a fan. Okay, not okay, a fan. That's fine. Okay, whatever. I think that I've been proven right in his in where he's been and the, how he's played everyone at a place else he's been since then. He played behind a better team in L.A., and that's what made him look good. Uh, sorry. No, no sorry. Hijacking I I know. the show. It's okay. Still, yeah, it's okay. when you say wanna, stuff that's crazy like that, I, I got to put you, put you right. I want to get to A.J. De La Garza and Megan De La Garza announcing that, they have, that they're expecting a baby. All right, I want to get to that, but you want to argue about goalkeepers. So we could have happiness. And Make you me the argue. bad guy when yeah. there's a, a beautiful thing going on in the Galaxy family. I, I don't think that they're. Um, I will be honest with you. I I screamed like a 15 year old little girl whenever I saw this on Instagram or or on Twitter. Whenever Squeed? I saw, it. I sque- Yeah, I did. Yes, yes. That might have had to change change the uh, cushions on the couch afterwards. Oh jeez. Um, yes, and, but I was extremely excited. I know everybody is. This is you know one of those things. Everybody, you know, if you you know the story, if you've been following the. Podcast, you know the story about AJ Delgarza and his wife and what they went through last year, and to see something like this happen, I just you know this is great news, and you know we wish everybody it's a very the best. personal thing. You know, I don't want to comment too much on it other than to say that stoked to hear. Yes, very excited. Good, good uh, thoughts and vibes go out to them on the, uh, this time around. And and AJ's been a been on this show so many times. We uh, we obviously have a I, I have I I have a special relationship in my mind with him. I don't necessarily think that he feels me the too, same and way. I've never met him. I mean, exactly, exactly. So there you go. Um, okay, let's get to something. That that's a little more interesting for LA Galaxy news and not necessarily LA Galaxy news, but uh, you have to ask questions. And this was Haji Wright, uh, former LA Galaxy Academy player, uh, signing with the New York Cosmos. Apparently, as as you and I were talking off air, spurned the LA Galaxy, perhaps is a, is a good word to use there. Um, what do you make of this situation, Jared? This is this is interesting because this is really one of the first highly touted um, home possible homegrown players. The LA Galaxy really couldn't land. I mean, this was this was up there. They should. I don't know that they ever were gonna land Haji Wright. To right. be honest, I mean, this is a gay kid that has a lot of pub around him. Has been spending time in Europe, feeling out offers. I think LA always kind of knew they were gonna lose him. I just think they always thought they would lose him to a team overseas. The Cosmos thing came really out of left field. I mean, listen, great steal for the Cosmos, if only to say, hey, you know this really good guy that was going in the system above us? We got him. Yes. Now, I think there's more behind that. I think if the Ga- if Galaxy was going to sign him, it would probably have been to a longer-term deal. You're going to want to lock this kid up. You know, and then make sure because that way you you want to get a piece of that transfer fee down the road and maybe even have a sell-on clause in it, something along that along those lines. I think the Cosmos signing is a reflection of wanting to be able to get out into Europe sooner and maybe just the right deal wasn't on the table now. So I'm sure Cosmos are much more uh, willing to give him more flexibility in a contract in order to get hit, land him in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the Galaxy was willing to give up. And also, let's be honest, which team was he probably going to get more playing time with? Yeah, yeah. I mean, where was he going to play for the LA Galaxy right now? No, I mean, there's something to that, and I don't know that everything has sort of been hashed out of, about exactly what happened because I know that there's some rumors out there that um, you know he was going to Europe, and that's really why. I mean, uh, from everything I've ever heard was that his sights were set on Europe, and that was it. And I don't even know if the LA Galaxy really even pursued it because everybody knew he was going to Europe. It wasn't even a question. Well, uh, obviously not. It, well, it seems like it's backtracked now, and so I want to know what has changed in that particular equation that made him come back and not even, not only come back but go to a place like New York which could have offered him like you said money short term and and that should that could really work. So what do you think about the Galaxy's inability to keep young talent? It scares me a little bit. I mean, you want to be able to take the best players, especially people who have quote unquote developed in your academy, you want to be able to transfer that to the 
be at least LA Galaxy 2 or, or LA Galaxy. You want to be able to keep those talents in your system. This is how you make money overall in the whole scheme of things. This is how you make money. Whether or not that means that you're going to make money because he's going to be a ridiculous player. He's going to be on your team. And you're going to sell lots of tickets because he's this homegrown talent. He's going to be a future star of uh, U.S. soccer. Or whether that means that you're going to sell him to some team who's going to pay a whole bunch of money for him and you get a whole bunch of money that you can then spend on your team. Either of those ways, you need to try to keep somebody like Haji Wright. The fact that he slipped through, not so much a black eye yet until we really find out what the whole situation was, but it's a potential black eye to the LA Galaxy. They weren't able to keep a rising star. In a vacuum, it's probably not that big of a deal, but the problem is now you have Areola that, that's gone on. We have a few other kids that have gone down the Tijuana. You have Haji right now that you've missed out on. There's a few things going on out there that make you wonder how, first of all, is LA producing more talent than it can actually feasibly use in its system? Or is this a bigger problem of does MLS not offer the right things to young? Does not does MLS fundamentally not offer the things that a young player feels he wants in a club? Obviously, there's more limelight, more money in Mexico, in in uh, some place like the Cosmos where Haji Wright just went. Obviously, there's a, a something else that he can get there. Maybe a little bit more maneuverability. The contract's not owned by the league. That might be something that when you're trying to get out overseas. Uh, he'd be completely at the league's disposal on whether or not they want to sell him or not. So I think there is a few things that for young players coming up, maybe MLS isn't as attractive as uh, they want it to be. And I think MLS has really got to pay attention to that, in particular the LA Galaxy, who has a talent factory basically in Southern California, spitting out players. Yeah, it's interesting. That's just just to throw out there so that way you guys understand what's going on. Um, you know, if there's more information on it, I'd love to have a whole other conversation about it, but for sure that's where we're at. Um, let's move now to this preview. Vancouver versus the LA Galaxy. Vancouver currently 3-1-0 and zero. Nine points. They're second in the West right now. Last game was a 2-1 win over Portland at BC Place. A 2-1. I don't know if it was a come. It wasn't a come from behind, but at one point, uh, uh, Vancouver went up early on Portland on a on a set piece, and then Portland came back and scored a goal, and then again another game, another a goal close to uh, to death here as the Vancouver Whitecaps were able to take some Cascadia points there uh, away from Portland at BC Place and the wonderful turf there. The LA Galaxy sitting in fourth place in the Western Conference at 1-1-2 and two with five points. And obviously, last game there was uh, that one nothing loss to D.C. United at RFK. What do you see from this Vancouver team now, Jared, that uh, maybe you didn't see last year or that's going to cause the LA Galaxy some problems? Uh, belief and consistency. I think those are the two things I'm seeing. This is a team that now believe. I think believes they can win. Three wins last in a row. year. I think even they were kind of shocked by how how where they were in the standings and what they did down the stretch. What was your question? Uh, no, I was going to say three wins in a row for them. Lost their first game, came back with three successive wins. That's nine quick points for them. And here's what's impressive about this, especially this last game. This was done without Kakuta Mane, who was serving a red card suspension, and this is done. Um, also, uh, without like their Maddox is nowhere in this in this mix now. Um, this is done with Robert Earnshaw getting production out of him off the bench. Yep. If you're going to get this kind of production from those spots like that and without players like that, it starts to get scary when you look at Vancouver because you have a guy that pulls the strings in Pedro Morales uh, in the center of midfield. Rivero, while everyone is taught, still remembers the horrible miss he had in the first game of the season. This kid is the real deal. He is a fantastic striker who gets into great spaces and thinks he thinks kind of similar to Morales. And that's where it gets scary. He thinks, what's the least likely thing that should happen right now? And how am I going to do that? 
to surprise the defense. There's some really fun things going on with Vancouver right now. If I was just a casual fan watching this league, Vancouver's a team I'd probably root for. They are entertaining every time they have the ball. Their counterattack yes. is where they get a lot of their, their play from. L.A. is going to have to be very careful not to play into the counterattack game that Vancouver wants to play. They need to get them into a half court as often as they can. And that means not giving up the ball. L.A. is going to have to get not be very careful not to give up the ball in transition and not to get caught up on set pieces because Vancouver can get down the field very quickly and with very clinical precision passing. Very tough game for that. I think this matchup is a very tough one for um, the L.A. Galaxy. But I do like that with Leonardo out, I like the A.G. De La Garza, Omar Gonzalez matchup with Rivero more than I would have liked the Leonardo and Omar Gonzalez pairing. Right. With A.J., you get a little bit of speed and a little bit of that recovery behind. Positioning. Positioning. Yeah. Positioning. So so you're going to get that from that. I mean, the last two times the L.A. Galaxy have played in Vancouver, you have been 2013, they won one to nothing, and then 2014, last time they were in Vancouver, was a 2-2 draw. Um, that was the game where uh, Jaime Pinedo made an unbelievable save, I believe, came all the way across after a ball went off the post he uh he dove for that ball towards the post and then had to come all the way back around to stop it and that game ended 2-2 and I think we all felt like that was a win at the time so um you know whenever you look back at those games that's sort of where you're at for the LA Galaxy it's sort of about gaining some confidence um you know after being snake bitten uh, again in in a way that the LA Galaxy are kind of familiar with quite honestly um this was sort of a knock last year is giving up goals late uh they did it again versus DC so now they're gonna have to regroup go up to play it on that horrible awful ridiculous turf up at uh, BC place, which is going to make it more difficult. And, uh, and that's the galaxy are going to have to figure out a way to grind out a result. And while we would normally say, Jared, I think a draw is good on the road. It seems like a draw won't be enough just because of the results they've been having. It, it, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be perspective um, on how you look at it. I think it draws perfectly fine in this game. Um, like I said, I've been the guy that's been kind of mitigating uh, expectations. I, like I said, our I think first uh, show of the season. I think Galaxy needs to set their sights on 1.5 points a game until Gerard gets here. Right now, they're at 1.25. Um, just to put some context to that, that sounds like Earthquakes, the team directly in front of them, on 1.5 points per game. That means they should be shooting for about a third place to fourth place placing by the time Gerard gets here. Right now, LA fourth place in the West, granted with Seattle uh, with a game in hand down below them. Um, but uh, I'm still okay where the Galaxy is. Listen, they're one to one and two, only one loss in this season. Have they been extremely impressive? No. But I also would say that I think we need to really temper our expectations for a good four months right now. And then this is a team that consistently, season after season, has turned it on well late. Bruce Arena knows how to pace a game like a distance runner. He knows when to put the kick in. And he kicks at the right time every season. And that kick is going to come with a big piece of the puzzle arriving, but big piece of the puzzle arriving. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting to see this game. This is going to be a good one. Again, it's on Saturday, April 4th, 7 PM Pacific time, time Warner cable Sportsnet, time Warner cable, Deportes. look for uh, angel city brigade, look for LA riot squad, look for Galaxians for those viewing parties, um, head out there, cheer on your team. Uh, we certainly, uh, expect everybody to be out there and send us in your, your tweets and uh, your questions and call after the game for sure to the COG hotlines. That way we can get your calls on the show. I apologize if we didn't get all the calls on the show today. Um, tight uh, scheduling with Lexi Lawless on and everything else and, and a bunch to talk wow, about. Wow, way to throw Lexi under the bus for yeah, you I, not getting fans on the air. <laughs> I was, it has to be somebody's fault. It can't be mine, right? It's not because I talk too much, right? Yeah. I will blame you, Jared. You, you talk uh, a lot First today. you jinx his album and then... Uh. Yeah, he's never coming back on his... That's okay. 
It's too bad. He was he was a good guess. All right, uh, Jared, I think that's it. Why don't you go ahead and tell people where they can find you, and we'll get on out of here. Now you can get me on Twitter at jrodius. You can also get me on the best soccer show, talking all things American soccer, U.S. men's national team, and MLS. And also, in the very near future, our new podcast here at Backyard called Game On, the American Soccer Game Show. Um, we are hashing out the last bit of logistics on that. Look for that in the very near future. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And, of course, please call that COG hotline, 949-385-2641, 949-385-2641. We'll do our best to get your calls on the air. And, uh, of course, we always appreciate the feedback. Uh, go out there, download some music. That's what you should be doing right now. iTunes, type in Alexi Lawless. iTunes, type in Back Pocket Memory, who you're listening to right now, or Drop City Yacht Club in the in the song Dream in California, where they talk about Landon Donovan, David Beckham, and the LA Galaxy in their song. So that's your homework for this time. Uh, we certainly appreciate everybody listening. If there's nothing else. For Jared Dubois, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye. Goodbye.